Welcome to the Hockey is for Everybody podcast. I am your host, Anthony Walsh. I cannot wait to get to our interview today with Tyler Broderson. Yeah. I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Here you say I from stadium to street corner. I make you a believer. Make you say I. Tyler, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. So we uh, are very blessed to have you in studio today. And uh, you are the head coach of the St. Louis Park boys team. And uh, you are a first-year coach, a first time with the season. And you're going really, really well, having a great start. But I do want to take it back kind of to the beginning. You grew up in St. Louis Park. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I did. I grew up uh, St. Louis Park, played youth hockey there, and graduated from the high school in 2012. Okay, and did you play um, varsity hockey there from 2010 to 2012? Yep, would have been 2010, started as a sophomore. Okay, and then you played baseball as well? Yep, so I played baseball um, through my junior year at St. Louis Park, and then uh, you know, the, the senior spring can get so hectic with junior hockey and tryouts and camps and all that stuff. So I, I didn't play my senior year, but I played up until then. Okay, awesome. What was some of the, the better memories that you had as a St. Louis Park uh, football, or I'm sorry, baseball and hockey player? Um, you know, a couple of the, the really good memories revolved around going out of town. I think those are the, the things that I, I remember first. Um, we went to Thief River Falls my sophomore and junior year for hockey. Uh, senior year, we went to Duluth um, and played in the Heritage Classic there, which was super fun. And then in baseball, we went to San Diego for our spring trip my junior year, um, which, let me tell you, over spring break, getting to go to San Diego versus sitting in a gym in Minnesota, there's a huge difference. And so that was that. those are really the things that I think stood out to me. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Did you, uh, on the overnight trips, was there a lot of knee hockey and shenanigans and stuff that happened? Always, always different, different stuff like that, right? Um, I wouldn't say shenanigans necessarily, you know, coaches are on top of that stuff. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it went really well. Um, it was fun. Knee hockey was always, always a staple of those out-of-town trips. So when you grew up and uh, did you have aspirations of playing in the NHL or playing in the MLB or kind of what was uh, your, your goal as a, as a child? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, you know, wants to play in the NHL, but for me, it actually, I really wanted to be a golfer. Like, I wanted to play college hockey. Um, the Wild were just kind of, when I was really little, the Wild weren't around, so the NHL wasn't as, like, close. Um, then the Wild came, and that definitely became a big part of it, but, like, for me, it was, I always wanted to play in college. I wanted to be a gopher um, or a Husky or a Bulldog. Like, those were the things that I looked up to and was kind of always, like, where I was shooting. I, I love that, and... Um, I, I guess the classic question now is, uh, why'd you want to play college hockey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, for the girls. right? Yeah. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph Cox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. But no, I, honestly, yeah. It's one of those things growing up in Minnesota and, um, you know, f for myself, I was always kind of like, you know, the NHL obviously would have been cool, but like you were saying, it actually really wasn't something that consumed my, my thoughts. I actually, I remember seeing, um, Jake Gardner, uh, and 
for Minnetonka and they had gone to the state championship and didn't win. But I remember actually just like seeing that when I was younger, I was in I think seventh grade, eighth grade, and I saw Anders Lee and the cadets, all that kind of stuff. That was really awesome. And then I also wanted to be, um, they're no longer the Sioux, and I actually don't, I shouldn't even really be saying that name on, on air, but um, at the time that's what, what they were, and now they're the Hawks. But I definitely wanted to be, you know, playing for that team. I love the style of play. It was much more gritty and um, obviously being in Minnesota, like I, I knew the Gophers, I liked the Gophers, but it was always for me, um, you know, wanting to play for uh, that North Dakota team. So um, I definitely get that. And uh, so you, you played there. Um, St. Louis Park for a bit, high school, and you were the captain of your team. Is that correct? Yeah, I was captain my junior and senior year. That's that's awesome. And t- talk a little bit about that. I mean, that's really something special to be able to lead a group of young men through such pivotal moments in their lives, and um, you know, being such a leader. You know, in that in that situation, I know we actually had Justin Brown on two weeks ago, um, and he had talked, you know, briefly, and that's why it's so cool actually to have you on now, but just um, about how great of a leader you were. And he played a little bit with you and um, under you as a, as a captain and all that kind of stuff. And maybe just talk about what kind of things led you to being such a good leader and to now, obviously, as a, as a coach, and we'll get more into that, but just what really brought you uh, into that kind of space to, to know how to lead and maybe just, you know, experiences, examples, all that kind of stuff would be really cool. Yeah, so I think for me it was – well, first off, it was a huge honor, especially as a junior, to, uh, to be, like, kind of entrusted with that responsibility. Um, I think I had I had really good head coaches in high school. Um, I played for Tim Donahue for two years um, and then Sean Podine for one. And I, I think that those both of those guys really taught me what it meant to be, like, a captain and a leader. They gave me a lot of responsibility and, and kind of let me kind of fend my own way. You know, like, here's what we need you to do, and you kind of get to decide how to do that. Um, and I think that really helped develop the the leadership style that I wanted to have going forward. Um, and it, it really helped me kind of understand like who, who I was at the time, who I wanted to be in the future and, and kind of build from that spot. Yeah. Uh, and great coaches that I remember those guys, Donahue and, you know, Bodine and uh, they did a great, great job with the, the program and, you had success there as a hockey player, and then you went on to play juniors. So you played in a few different leagues, uh, the SI, the NAHL, the Nojo, Tier 1 Junior A. Um, can you talk about the junior experience and just, uh, you know, also kind of re- as a reflection of where you are now as a high school varsity coach, and, you know, some of your players will go on to have that experience. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so my junior career, I was kind of the prototypical suitcase, right? Like I <laughs> – I, I, I made I made my trek around um, the United States and around Canada, um, you know, got to play for some really cool organizations and in some really cool places. Um, you know, I, I started out in Manitoba, didn't even end up playing a game there. And then I was in N.A. and I was in Michigan. Um, and then it was like, hey, like, what about Canada? Like, you know, how do you feel about going to Canada? I was like, oh, like I was already there a little bit in Manitoba. Like, let's do it. And then. There, I was always that guy that was, like, valuable to somebody but not quite enough to keep around every year. Um, and and so I was constantly on the move, which, like, at the time was really stressful, right? Living out of a suitcase, um, not knowing if you were going to be there for long and, like, being scared to kind of put down roots and make friends in the communities. Um, but I had great billet families, um, great experiences, and, you know, in the end, yeah, I finished with my last year in this town called Mattawa, Ontario. And it's like half French, half English speaking. And 
it was so much fun to be in a community like that, like 600 people where every game, you know, the bu- the building was full. Everybody around town knows who you are. You know, you, you talk about like pro hockey and wanting to play in the NHL. Like it almost felt like that in a small kind of microcosm, right? Like you got to see what it would have looked like, you know, had you done it at a bigger level, but it, that was really what I took out of juniors was just, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself. I, you know, I wouldn't have traded any of it for the world, even as hard as it was at the time, because I loved playing hockey. I love the people I met. Um, I still keep in contact with a fair amount of them. Um, I created families for life with some of my billets. So it, it was a really good experience for me. And, and, and I think the way that I, I am trying to bring that to my own guys is, you know, when I went through junior hockey, I didn't understand how much you hear a lot about the success stories and guys who play the same place for three years, um, the guys who, you know, play one year and then go Division One. You don't always hear about the guys who are on that, um, I always call it the suitcase voyage, um, but it is a real part of junior hockey, and for a lot of people, that can be a bad thing, and for me, it was a great thing, and so really trying to set our guys up to understand the expectations that they could have um, very different situations, just depending on where they end up, what kind of, you know, player they end up being. And sometimes it just isn't a good fit. And so finding a new team that's a better fit is like a part of what you're supposed to do. You're not just supposed to pick one and then be set on that for the rest of your time. I, I love that. And um, I had a, a brief junior career and I, I played, as you know, again, it's like you played in Mayak. I played briefly in Mayak and then, um, went to play junior at Canada where you were playing as well, tier one. And um, you you had a lot of success. I mean, from what I saw, I think you had like 47 points in 51 games or something like pretty incredible like that. And that's, I mean, those are really good leagues. Like I went up there and I mean, I, I played and, you know, I did fine everything, but I mean, it's, those are good leagues. So, I mean, like you, you doing that and, you know, like you said, I mean, I, I believe we do need more stories out there like that. There's a lot of really good hockey players that um, play two years of juniors, play three years of juniors and then go on to do that kind of stuff where, there is that sense where everybody's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go straight to college. Or if I don't go straight to college, it'll be a year of juniors. And then if it's not not that, then, you know, everybody's really surprised. Where, as you're, again, alluding to, it's very often actually the more common, you know, trek that that's going to, you know, be taken. So, uh, yeah, I love that you talked about that and the growth that you've experienced from that and the billets and everybody that you've been able to really just take with you on this lifelong journey and then also being able to give back to your players, Um I, I think it's so huge because having that experience, that lived experience, and to be able to give back to them, nothing better than that. So with that giving back now, um, I understand that in between kind of that period where you're at now, you did, uh, you went to school and uh, you got an education, political science at St. Olaf, and you did play some hockey there. And like, so you did get a, you know, college hockey and talk maybe a little bit about that. And I know that's probably more of the shorter part of, of this entire existence that you've had in, in your in your life so far and the hockey end, front end, and now the coaching end on the back end. But talk us some about a little bit about college and just the growth that you experienced there and what it was like to, you know, be surrounded by like-minded people and on campus and going to class and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, college was a great experience for me. Um, I, th- I think St. Olaf was the perfect fit. It was the right campus community, um, the right hockey community, uh, you know, I talked about in juniors kind of being around a lot of different places. Really nice to be back close to home, right? Northfield being like a 45-minute drive um, from my parents was 
was really nice to be able to come home when I wanted, but also be far enough away that I didn't feel like I was at home. Um, so that was a, a really nice part of that uh, experience for me. And then just the people there, right? Like most of my friends today are people that I met at St. Olaf. I, you know, very few people um, leave Minnesota once they're at St. Olaf. They just, they kind of stick around. So, and the guys that do leave, they come back frequently. And um, I've been able to maintain relationships with them. So I, I would say the circle of my friend group is all St. Olaf people. Um, our entire varsity staff at St. Olaf's Park this year is people I met at St. Olaf. Uh, and played hockey with there. And then and then the hockey side itself was, you know, a really interesting dynamic for me, and I think it was a big part of my coaching journey because I didn't play a ton of games. I, um, you know, I didn't play at all until my senior year. My freshman, sophomore, junior year, I was practicing, just couldn't quite get over that hump. Um, played for a couple different coaches. So Sean Goldsworthy, who's at Minnetonka now, uh, was the coach my freshman year, and then I got to play for Mike Eves, who you know is just kind of like hockey royalty. And so <laughs> yeah, when <yeah>. he <laughs> when he first his name came up, it was like, oh, holy cow, you're gonna get to play for that guy. Yeah. Um. And, and I I think I learned a ton about like who I want to be as a coach from watching, from watching Mike and and kind of interacting with him and and seeing how how he interacted with everybody at the Division three level, you know, after being at the Division one level and even in the NHL for a little bit. And he didn't really treat us any differently, right? Like it was, it was like a division one atmosphere and he was very, very hyper-focused on the things that were important to him. And I think, I think the game differently now, I think about life differently now, like it was a real um, building moment for me. It was just playing for him for three years. That is super wild to be able to have yeah, Mike Eves as a coach and you know what that, I'm sure you're able to give so much back to the kids that, you are coaching now and so say no love and you move on and now you're you're post-grad right all that kind of stuff and understand that you are a middle school history teacher so um you're at no love and you studied poli sci and how did you end up uh, being a middle school history teacher yeah you know i so right out of college i expected to work in the political field um i worked on a campaign and the more I did working on the campaign, the more I, I kind of felt like we were kind of past that stage at that point where, like, the things I wanted to do, I wanted to help people, I wanted to make a difference. And on a campaign, I, I felt like I was kind of, like, past that point. Like, I couldn't actually help these people. Um, and, and for me, I, I worked in communications on this campaign. It really just came back to, like, I just saw a lack of ability to communicate from everybody, right? Like both sides of any political spectrum. I just was a communication thing. And, and I'd already, I had always thought about teaching being kind of a path for me. It didn't work out in college originally because of hockey and the, the time commitment that that was. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was like, if I could go back and teach and I could work for, um, you know, trying to get kids to, to learn how to communicate with each other. I think that would be greater for our community than anything that I'm doing working on a political campaign. And, and so that was kind of what brought me back to teaching in my mind. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, there's no better time to go back to school than right now. So I went back, um, and got, got my teaching license and, and then got a job. So. That's really great. And something I do just instead of moving past. So you talk about the time commitment in college and that is so interesting and something that I've always gone back and thought of and, 
um, you know, the idea of continuing through and playing more uh, years of juniors or doing A, B, and C instead of just trying to, you know, go go ahead with that. And I think there's so many different ways to look at this and uh, for, former, for future players, right? You can never go back and do it for yourself. But, like, do you think that there's a time maybe that you have to look in the mirror and be like, hey, you know, maybe I should be focusing more on, like, as you're saying now, for instance, and, like, everything's worked out for you perfectly, which is incredible, and I'm so happy for you. But for maybe somebody else in the future, you know, instead of having to go through that, do you, like, is there a moment where you think, like, hey, you have to reevaluate how you want to be remembered, what kind of legacy you want to leave, what kind of gifts the God has given you for the world and how you can, you know, use those to better people and go forth with that? Like, because I know a lot of hockey players in particular, right, like, we struggle with, like, that transition on because, like, we, you know, I think Justin Brown talked about it a little bit where he was like, you know, you're throwing in the towel. And it's like, well, no, we're not giving up on something, but it's like maybe, you know, God's blessed me with a few other, you know, gifts that are I'm going to be able to help the world with. So, you know, just you kind of mentioning that in itself, like time commitment wise, again, you can't go back and redo anything, but just for the future of anything, like, like what would you advice would you give to a player that's like maybe teetering on the edge of like, do I go to school and really focus on, you know, maybe developing more more of myself and interests and hobbies and then, or should I try to pursue still more of this, you know, I want to play hockey and everything because we love it, but, you know, when is the right time to move on from the game? Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it comes back to, like, you need to be fully committed to whatever you decide to do. So for me, it was I, I had always, like, had that I want to play college hockey. And so it wasn't... The, the three years of juniors is kind of the first, like, time thing, right? It's like, is it worth putting three years of life into that? Well, the way I, I looked at it is, like, when I was done with college, did I look back and wish I could have played more hockey? Yes. So I took advantage of that time when I had it, which was on the front end. Um, but, it, but it is a commitment, right? You know, I, I when I went to college at St. Olaf, my first year, I was a freshman in the freshman dorms at 21, and the kids that I went to high school with were seniors. And a, a fair number of them went to St. Olaf and I'd like see them around and it'd be like, wait, that's right. Like I would be graduating right now <laughs> if I had just gone to school. And so I think for me, I left it with no regrets. And, and that's kind of the key that I would say to anybody who's looking to make that decision is like, are you fully committed to this? Because if you're not, or you use it as kind of like a, yeah, well maybe I, I just don't think it'll work the same. Right. And then you're going to get out and you're going to be like, okay, now I'm behind. And I, I've never looked at it that way for myself, but I, I do think that's a really important part of that distinction. And then I think the second half of it is in college, the actual time commitment of playing is, again, like you need to decide what you want to do, um, and particularly when you think of like what major you want to do. For me, like I had thought about teaching, I had thought about politics, I thought about law school, thought about all these different things. And, and so it wasn't hard for me to just be like, well, teaching doesn't work because of hockey. Um, I think if there is like a full, like, I want to do this and that thing can't work because I'm, I've got all this time into hockey. Well, then maybe that's the time to reevaluate, you know? And then the other piece is just like, is, you know, everybody kind of hits that wall where it's like, is, is my body keeping up is, you know, is hockey still worth it? I know there's times uh, in juniors where you feel like you hate hockey, right? Where it's just like such a grind and you're like, yeah. am I sure I still want to keep doing this? And for me, I, I was sure. And it kept coming back, but, 
but I think you have to listen to yourself, listen to your heart, listen to your body, all those different things, and and be fully committed to whichever decision you make so that you don't move forward with regret. I I love that, and um, that's that's so cool, and I'm like it's so just like it's so different for everybody because I went to Bethel right out of school and that's where I was like you know and I would you said no regrets or anything right but I'm like huh you know what I should try to play juniors I should try to play at the highest level possible went out did that um you know I saw that I was going to be another two or three years in juniors if I wanted to play at that you know d1 level all that kind of stuff like that and for me in the moment and I still honestly again with no regrets because of I went to school and had just such a great experience studied abroad twice all these kind of things that I wouldn't been able to do had I been a college athlete but as you're saying I mean like I you know you just make the assessment so like you you saying that I think is was some of the best advice I've ever heard and you have to want to do it and there's nothing wrong again with like you know taking a second and looking in the mirror and being like hey like this might not be what God has you know planned for me like my body my brain my you know, interests could be something else that I, you know, are not wrapped up in hockey. And I think that just so many times it could be scary for people. Uh, so for you to have done that, thought about that, looked at all the positives and negatives and said, I'm still going to do this is like such a beautiful thing. And I, I love that you were able to do that. So I recommend again, everybody follow your heart, follow your dreams and, you know, but do what's right for you ultimately. So um, that's so awesome. So moving forward then you you are now, um, well, so for a little bit, you did Bantams, and you coached Bantams, uh, Bantam A, Bantam AA, and then, uh, so maybe talk about that first, just how was that, like what an experience that was? Yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, we had a great group of kids the last couple of years, so I went, I kind of did the whole progression, I started with the Bantam B1 team, did that for a year, and then I took over the A group, and then our A group was, uh, the first year I, I coached the Bantam A team, so two years ago. We were really young, ton of first years, um, but a lot of talent, a really, really talented group. And so we came one game away from the state tournament, which was just an absolutely wow. incredible experience. Um, really good group of kids. And then that group got a year older. And so then we played double A with that same really talented group of kids. Um, you know, and, and again, there's there's kids who didn't make the jump to double A with us, who moved on to high school, who a lot of them I have back now. Um, but just, it's just really good groups of kids. Um, you know, the one interesting one was my high school coach, Sean Podine, his kid was on my team then. Wow. Okay. That, that is super cool. Oh my gosh. What a full circle thing that is. And we got another full circle thing to talk about a little bit, you know, I'm going to bring up, but, um, but yeah, so now with, as being the high school coach, do you have the double A guys and the single A guys and, um, and I mentioned this off air a little bit, but I, I know that y'all got some serious talent and. Uh, how excited are you, a young talent. So how excited are you about that? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about the group we have. So our senior class um, is the only class of kids that I didn't coach um, <laughs> in youth. I had, because I had to be one team that year. So we don't, um, there are a couple kids um, on our team that I had at B1. Um, but for the most part, um, our juniors and sophomores are kids that I coached at either Bantam A or Bantam AA um, or or at least we're in our Bantam program, right? Kids were around the B1 team, and we were having shared practices. So I've gotten to know these kids really well. And I am really excited about the group we have. I think, um, you know, we have – it starts with our, our goaltender's only a junior, and I think he is one of the top ten goaltenders in the state. I think he's really underrated oh, because yeah. of where he wow. plays. Um, but, but he is an absolute stud. He's very poised, plays the game really well. And so we just kind of get to – 
go into every game knowing we have a chance. And and I think in high school hockey that that is such an important piece of what you're doing because, you know, when we roll into Braemar and we play Dinah or, you know, even when we're playing Benilde right across the hall, if, if we don't feel we have a chance, we really don't. And, and we're going to get blown out of the building and it would be, you know, it wouldn't really be unexpected for a lot of people if that happened. So I, I think that's a big piece of where we're at. And um, we've had a couple sophomores who've stepped up immediately and played big minutes for us. Um, we've had our junior class has taken really good steps forward so far. And then we have a really good senior class that is kind of anchoring everything. You know, our our, our top two defensemen are both seniors. Um, we've got a couple captains up front that are seniors. It's, um, it's really a good mix of talent that I, I see talent coming forward. Um, while also feeling like our seniors are a big piece of what we're doing this year. Uh, I'm, you're making me excited to see the rise again of St. Louis Park hockey because, I mean, y'all did have a really good um, couple of years, right, where state tournament appearances maybe was 1-1 with like, Mitch Carlson and all those guys mm-hmm. that year. and But I know they they went. And so, I mean, you're, 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 you're sound of making predictions. You haven't made it yet, but, you know, sounds like in the next couple of years here we're going to see – um, again, a really, really competitive um, SLP team, which is uh, you know going to be awesome. And you're already, we'll kind of get into that, um, your record and so far and the great one against Holy Angels and whatnot. But I want to talk quick about how they, they tapped you to be the coach. So you went from Bantams to, to uh, high school, um, varsity, and just how did they find you? Obviously, you were there, you were teaching, you were in the Bantams. <laughs> but how did you end up being the coach? Yeah, um, so <clears throat> last year, would have been two seasons ago now, Andy Sackerson stepped down, and I applied for the high school job, and I didn't get it. And that, for me, actually ended up being the best possible thing. I think I became a way more rounded coach in that year of coaching Bantam AA. Um, you know, I, I talked to a lot of different people about, like, what I could do to, like, try to, like, improve my resume and, and be more ready when the opportunity arose again. Um, so I think about people like Josh Levine at Fortis, um, Ken Pauly over at Benil, I talked to him a lot. Sean Podine, who was the Benil girls coach at the time and had been my coach at St. Louis Park. Um, just those type of people really, like, kind of picking their brains, just being like, you know, wh- what could I do? What could I work on? All that different type of stuff. Um, and then the job opened up again a year later, and so I applied again, and I just I felt way more ready. The interview process was really smooth for me. I left the first year really not know where I sat. And then this year when I left, I was like, I, I did everything I could. And at the end of the day, you can't decide, you know, who's going to hire you for what job. And, and all you can do is put your best foot forward. And I felt like I left and I was like, that was the best I could have done. And hopefully I'm the guy they, you know, the guy they want. And at the end of the day I was, um, which was awesome for me. And, it actually, the teaching job came after the coaching job. Okay, well, cool. Because wow. I was looking for teaching jobs, um, and obviously staying in the district that I was in would have been really cool, but when the coaching job came up, um, immediately, like, a week later, they opened a job at the middle school, and the middle school principal um, was actually one of my teachers when I went to the middle oh, school. Oh, that's so cool. So it just kind of all fell into place. It's another full circle thing. I love yeah, that you're just yeah. giving back to your community, Tyler. I mean, that's so... So cool, and I, I I encourage so many more people to do that. And our communities give us so much. So you know, just to be able to even do small things like 
it's, it's, it's such a big thing. So, okay, so now you're the varsity coach, and let's get into that. So, I mean, how, how great is that? And it's your first season, and so far you're 3-3 three and three from what I could tell, and I believe that's honestly a very good start. And the people that you have dropped games to are like Edina, right, a couple of other, um, you know, teams who people would, as you said, maybe you walk into the arena and they would expect you to lose where you really stuck with them. You beat Holy Angels, you know, which is a, you know, a powerhouse and it's, it's own right, you know, in certain years. And you, uh, you took Hopkins and you uh, were able to coach against your brother in that. So that'll be a lot of fun to hear about, but yeah, just maybe talk some about some of the games. I know Edina, we talked a little bit off air. You had zero goals in the third period. Um, Right, you know, you, you, you held them. Uh, the shocks were, you know, a lot closer than than the game that you suggested. So um, just talk a little bit about your coaching experience so far, and then we'll get maybe more into the weeds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a great start for us. I, I think a, a lot of what we're trying to change is just the mindset around our program. Um, you know, so our first game we played Chaska, who, you know, was in a section final last year, had a kid get drafted. They've got all these, like, accolades. And we went out, we competed with them for two periods. I thought for a lot of the game, we were the better team. And then in the third period, they showed us why they were known as that kind of team, right? They they took it to us. It was 1-1 going into the third. The final was 6-1. And, and then we were like, okay, well, you know, wake-up call, right? So this is what it has to be like. And, and so I think every single game, we've taken steps forward. We really struggled early with scoring goals. Now we're starting to find the net a little bit more. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for us was that Edina game. Um, getting to play on Valley Sports was really cool. Um, and then, you know, really just being like, guys, we competed in this game. It, this wasn't us holding on. We weren't holding on for dear life. Like, we competed. And wasn't, like, that they kind of threw you into it? Wasn't Grand Rapids or something yeah. supposed to come? To, okay, I remember reading. So that's another thing. Like, y'all didn't even, you know, you were the the fighter that got called. You were the, man, who was the guy that, beat oh my gosh we don't have to get too much into that on there but yeah you were the fighter that that kind of got called in at the last second to come in and you, you took on the goliath right and and you guys played really well against them so you must have been really proud yeah no i mean it, we found out at at noon was when i got the call was <laughs> like, hey do you want to play us tonight <laughs> yeah that's awesome and i was like yeah why not i mean we were gonna play them later in the year we might as well <laughs> yeah like you're never really gonna be ready for that kind of game right like like there's you can be as ready as you can be but Walking into Braemar Arena is always going to be different, and, and everybody understands that. And so for us, it was like, let's just go play. Let's just see where we're at. And, and that's exactly what it was for us. It was a measuring stick. We got to see where we were. Um, you know, there were moments where I felt like we were right there with them, and there were moments where we weren't, you know, where it was like, okay, we are hanging out for dear life right now. Um, but that was a really good step for our program to be like, okay, now we're going into three big section games, and we know – like we can compete with these top teams because at the end of the day, like as long as we're in six double a, yeah. that's the kind of team we're going to have to go through if we ever want to play in a state tournament. So how do we get our program to that level or at least the level where we can compete with them on any given day? Um, and, and I think that game was a good step. You know, it showed us kind of where, where we, where our success can be and also where, where we need to get better. So it was a big win you had against Holy Angels. Talk about that. Yeah, so we, we stepped into that Holy Angels game kind of, you know, we, we had just beaten Hopkins, we had just beaten Armstrong Cooper, and so we knew we were kind of sitting in like, this is a big game for section seating. Um, any any in-section game is big for section seating. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, like, we we haven't had a ton of success against them recently, and um, we knew they had a lot of really good young talent, and it was like, okay, how do we 
you know, combat that. But at, at the end of the day, like we, we kind of took that Chaska game at the beginning of the year and kind of flipped it on its head. It was the same kind of game, one to one after two. Um, the Chaska game, we rolled over, gave up five. And this time we kind of did it the other way, right? We scored three in the third. They got one, you know, final four, two. But, like, that's, you know, it was really like a playoff type game, right? Yep. Where we really felt like mm-hmm. that was the kind of vibe we got. The do or die feeling. Yeah, like, day, yeah. I mean, you know. We, we got to win this game. We got to win this game. We know how important it is for Gut us. check. Like, we dug in. We had some, you know, guys blocking huge shots. We, we killed a five-minute major. That's um, huge morale booster too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so just like little things like that go such ah, a long huge. way, and we, uh, I think it was a huge step forward for us just to to win that kind of game and understand, hey, you can win this kind of game. So, what was it like winning against Hopkins? And uh, I say that because your brother was on the other team. So how how fun was that to be able to out coach uh, your brother? That that was fun. Um, so that was my first varsity win, and it was. My family has joked now that I was waiting so that <laughs> yeah. I could I could have it be against him. But yeah, so my brother's a junior at Hopkins. He um uh he plays, you know, a little bit, not a ton, but um but it was a weird feeling cuz it was like really cool cuz it's like his fourth varsity game um over at Hopkins and so getting to see him play from that close up is like one it's just cool to see your brother get to play like he's wanted to play varsity hockey for so long. Um, like he watched me play, he watched our middle brother play, and then now it's his turn. And so to kind of get to see that was really cool for me. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, like we're, we're owing, we got to get off. We got to, we got to win a game here. Yeah. Like we're owing two, <laughs> like we got to win a hockey game. Um, so definitely some family bragging rights there. Um, it's, it's nice. It's sad to, to see your brother right not throw on the Orioles Jersey. You know, <laughs> yes. So we moved to Hopkins when I was in high school. Uh, my family did, and so my my middle brother also went to Hopkins. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so my I, brother went to Hopkins. We yeah, got brothers that went to Hopkins. Go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it definitely was kind of like a. There was some talk about uh, Mason, my youngest brother, switching over to Park, and it just at the end of the day, Hopkins was the right fit for him mm-hmm. um, to stay there, and and then he was already in high school when I got the job, and it, uh, it makes it so much better because it would be really difficult as a first year coach to have my brother be on our roster and and um dylan over at hopkins their coach there i think he's doing a really good job and like trying to do a lot of similar things to build their program back up and and so i just think that's a really good fit for mason i'm glad we can kind of it's fun to play against each other but it is nice to do our own things a little bit yeah (laughs) that's awesome and i know uh sam foos he was an indiana guy was coaching i think the assistant at hopkins so Really cool kind of, again, to see just guys being around the rink and just giving back to the game that we know so much of us had put so much time into. Uh, so, like, how would you, one, describe your coaching style? And then you can, yeah, one, I mean, so then different question a little bit after that is, like, as a coach, what are you looking for in a player? Because I know that we'll have people that are younger age coming through and they're going to be wondering what, like, a varsity coach would would want to be looking for as far as how to improve their game. Yeah. So for us, I think you have to coach the the community you have, the program you have. For us, the biggest thing we're looking for in our players is just attitude, hard work, right? So we, we have what we call them the three C's, like the, the big staples of our program, and it's 
community, compete, constant improvement. And so the players we're looking for are the, the, the players that can embody those three things, right? Our, our community, like we recognize what kind of program we have and like we need buy-in from mites all the way through the high school. Like if we want to be successful, that's what it's going to take. Um, compete, like we need players who are going to compete every day. And I think, you know, our varsity group so far, like we are really good at competing. And the buying in is, is coming and we're getting better at that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I have no doubt that any of the people on our roster, varsity, JV, like if we need to lay down and block a shot, they'll do it. Um, if they need to just find a way to get a puck out, they'll do it. And and those are the kind of players that we're really looking for. Like, you know, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not going to compete, you're just you're not going to work in our program. That's it just we don't have the skill to beat the Dinas, the Benilds, uh, the Wyzettas of the world without having that just like, high level of compete, high level of energy, um, and, and kind of play the game in that way. So that's really what we're looking for day in and day out from our players. So moving forward, what is uh, one goal, I suppose, that you have for this season? If you could just put your, as a first-year coach with, you know, coming in, young team, what's your goal for this season? So... I think my goal for this season is to really start to establish the culture that we want to play with. Um, we've had a lot of turnover in our program the last couple of years uh, from a coaching standpoint. I think since I left 10 years ago, there's been like six head coaches. So just, just trying to like instill a new culture. I mean, like this is how we want it to be. You know, my plan is to be around here for a long time. So, you know, this is kind of how St. Louis Park hockey is going to be. And then, you know, the, the wins and losses will fall where they do based on how much we can buy into the process. I think we have, we've shown we have the skill to compete with pretty much anybody. And so, you know, it, what a lot of it's going to come down to is how that culture is established and, and how much the guys buy in. And, um, and, and then additionally, like we, we want to, we want to show we belong in six double a, I mean, playing in a section with Enaina, Benil, Wyzetta, Blake, you know, you don't even get talked about, right? Like it, it isn't like a little chip on your shoulder. Yeah. yeah I mean, good. it is, okay, it yeah, is a certain yeah. amount of a chip on your shoulder. Cause you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, or how good you do. Like everybody's talking about the top three, right. you know, even the top four. So we, we kind of want to be the, the team that's like, okay, don't forget about us. And, you know, I go back, um, we have, uh, three alumni who have recently played division one hockey. And so, um, so Luke Mobley, Bauer Newdecker, Johnny Sorensen, three of them are playing division one hockey. Bauer actually just graduated. He's over in Germany playing pro hockey. Wow. Now. Yeah. So, oh and when they were in high school, they beat Benilk, right? They beat him twice. Wow. That and, is, oh my God. and people forget about that. Like uh -huh. very quickly, like that has happened more recently than Benilk has been in a state tournament. Um, and that's not to disparage, but no, they've got a great program. No, and it's like you said, not at all. It's more of just the St. Louis Park being overlooked. Yes. And, and, people and in so, the, yeah, 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 so yeah. we have that aspect in our program. People just forget about these things. And so for us, it's like reestablishing, like we, we're here and, you know, overlook us at your own peril, kind of like we, we know we're not going to walk in and just blow one of those teams' doors off. But like if, if somebody's going to overlook us, we're right here. We're ready. And so we want to make noise come section time. Yeah, that is that is great. And uh, do you plan on having, and maybe you already have, but just 
trying to get those guys that have, um, you know, breached the next level, all that kind of stuff, to be involved in the uh, the with the guys and all that kind of stuff? Have they come back at all a little bit and, and done that? And if not so far, just maybe is there a plan to have that done? Yeah, so there definitely is. We've uh, So Johnny Sorensen's back right now. So he played for the Gophers the last four years, and then um, he's at Alaska this year playing in Fairbanks. Um, so he's been back this week skating with the team just as kind of like a um, – for him, like he needs to be skating, and <laughs> yeah. just it's a good way to get around the guys. Um, Bauer Newdecker has been he helped me run the summer camp this summer, so he was out there. Um, Johnny coached our JV team at the uh, at our summer tournament, so so those guys are back. Um, you know, we're continuing to try to get more. We've got a couple guys playing in the NA right now. Um, hopefully, those guys are gonna hopefully skate the next week with us. But um, you know. We, we want our guys to see those guys, one, because it's like, hey, this is what hockey looks like at the next level. But, two, it's like a reminder, like, we do send guys on, right? Like, we've got guys playing at high levels of hockey that came out of this program, and, like, why did they have success? And, you know, asking them, like, what was your journey? Like, how how did you have this success coming out of St. Louis Park? And, um, and, and what was St. Louis Park's role in that? I think that's really good for our guys to hear. Yeah, and something I just kind of thought of really quick, and then I want to kind of go on to the next final question about your game tonight and all that kind of stuff and your coaching strategy, and if you want to reveal that, because I don't think this will be posted by then. Yeah. So, But, yeah, like, what's it like being in a rink, sharing a building, like, you know, like with a BSM, where you're kind of saying, like, people, you know, this is the St. Louis Park rink, right? And then it's like, you know, but you got to deal with, you know, some of these, these BSM guys, right? But, like, I mean, what kind of, like, compete level does that you know put for you guys on and like what kind of chip on you know like kind of explain that maybe a little bit where you have to you know kind of as you're saying like somebody like myself where I did come from a program like a dino where people are expecting us to be good and when we start out you know oh and three or something it's oh my god he dinos oh and three but where when you know singles park is three and three which is like an honestly incredible start people are still kind of over overlooking you like what is it what is that like and you know how do you think like having a coach like yourself is going to move that needle going forward. I think it's hard uh, to share a rank with a team like that. It's also good. Like you can, you see a lot of really good hockey players constantly. You see a lot of really good games constantly. Um, I think it's really good for our youth program to see that. Um, But at the same time, it's hard because you have, I don't want to say recruiting because it's not like they're out there recruiting, but it's, it is a challenge to make sure our guys are going because it's really easy to just walk across the hall and go to Benilk. Um, you know, we talked about the really good Bantam double-A team we had. We lost um, a couple really good kids from that team are playing at Benilk right now. And um, and so for us, that's a struggle, right? It's like making sure that our top players who grow up in St. Louis Park play at St. Louis Park High School. Um, that being said, it, it definitely ratchets up the intensity when we play them. One, you know, you've got your buddies on each team. Right, right. Yep. You yep. know, you've got that. But two, like, these are, we see these kids every single day. Um, right, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking that. Because, right? yeah. I mean, because, like I said, I didn't have that atmosphere because I was at Edina. But, like, I just kind of, you know, that's what you understand is you had two, you know, varsity teams that are, like, right next to each other. You know, they play each other. I'm, like, sitting there kind of like, yeah, like, you must – Every day, it must be intense. So, yeah. like, you know, you're kind of seeing your enemy, like, every time you're well, going exactly. to practice. Yeah. I mean, it, it's close enough that, like, when we play each other, we share a water, like, a water fountain right in between our rooms. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. It, it is, the rooms are right next to each other. Um, and 
so we do we see them all the time and so when those games come it you know community interest is driven up mm-hmm. you know the player interest is obviously driven up and it I, I think anytime St. Louis Park and Vanilla play you can kind of throw out the record and know it's going to be close yeah. and, and and you <laughs> know that. you know you know that Vanilla is going to be the favorite most years but at the same time like I said like you know a couple years back St. Louis Park knocked him out in sections a couple years in a row. Um, you know, last year, St. Louis Park, we, we finished 11 and 14, like we're below 500. And Benilde had an incredible team that almost went to the state tournament. And it was 0 0 after two periods. Like those games are always hard because of the intensity around the building from both teams. And just the more you know a guy, the more you want to beat him. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's just how it goes. Right. And that's and and I could not agree more. And that's where I'm just sitting there like, wow, like y'all must that like it must be intense because I could not imagine again, like you said, just like one, you know, being that team that we're really good. Right. We got these good players, but every single time somebody wants to overlook us for this other team. And now not only that, we got to look at these guys every day. We got to go. So I'm excited for the games this year. Benilde versus uh, the St. Louis Park game. St. Louis Park versus Benilde and cannot wait to go check those out. But before that happens, there's one tonight. So you're playing on the Minneapolis team, and uh, what does that look like? You know, what kind of uh, feelings you have so far? What's your strategy going to be going into the game? And I kind of joked a little bit about it earlier, but, yeah, just know that this isn't going to be technically on air um, until well after. So, uh, you know, you don't have to, don't have to hold back too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for us, some, the Minneapolis game is it's, uh, it's a little bit closer to my heart because when I played in St. Louis Park, we actually were merged with them. So Minneapolis was the storm, yeah. So I grew up playing like I was at parade every day. Like I, the Minneapolis Park Storm was the team. So so when we played them in high school, it was like me playing against all my buddies I'd grown up with. Um, it's not quite the same anymore. There's um, obviously the distinction now that we have our own youth program again. But um, it's definitely a rivalry game that has endured past the two programs being merged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that aspect, like – that makes it fun. And then second, like this is a team that went to the state tournament last right, year. Right, yeah, I was going to say that. Um, yep. You know, mm-hmm. they've you know, they done what we want to do. Um, and, you know, they're well coached. They're going to work really hard. But the biggest thing for us is, like, it, it does have to be about our game. Like, we're still at that stage in the year where, you know, they, they graduated a fair number of guys where it's not like, okay, this guy, like, we really got to keep an eye on this guy. I think it's like a team effort over there and – and if we play our game the way we did against, you know, Edina, um, Armstrong, Holy Angels, if we can play that kind of game, I think that we'll feel really good about the position we're in. Um, but if we don't, which, you know, it's a group of high school kids, we don't always play that game. You know, that's where that's where we may run into some trouble because they do have skill. Um, they've got a good goalie. They've got good skill. I, you know, that's definitely something that we we have to make sure that we bring our best game. And that makes sense. And is your are you like a, a strong forward checking team? Do you try to, you know, are you more stronger on defense? Do are you do you play a physical game? Uh, like what can we look for from your guys tonight? Yeah, we we definitely build from the back out. I think, um, you know, like I said, our goaltender is kind of our like strong point. Um, and then from there we have you know two defensemen who have been three year varsity players. Um, and so we kind of build from the back. We're really strong defensively. Um, when we play our game, we think we're tough to score on. And then we've got some guys who can put the puck in the net. And so it's um, it's it's working from the back, 
bringing it down the ice, getting it down there, and then and then getting our chances down at the other end. Like that's really how we score. And and frankly, when we don't play that way, things don't go well for us. And you know, we look at we lost a game this year where we outshot the other team like thirty-five to fifteen because we didn't get pucks deep, we didn't get pucks in the net hard, and and we really struggled um, with playing to our mo. Well, thank you again so much, Tyler. And um, this was Tyler Broderson, the varsity coach for the St. Louis Park Orioles. And we wish you the best of luck in tonight's game and the rest of the season and cannot wait to follow. So thank you, thank you again so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I can do what I wanna and make you a believer. Hear you say I from steady in the street corner. I make you a believer, make you say I.